0: Okay, so hello everyone. Welcome back to everyone. Is extraordinary. Today I am joined by a very special guest, Yee. Talia Povensky. Hello, hello. <laughs> Talia Povensky. Pemes- <Pemesky. laughs> okay. Talia Pemensky is one of my besties, and we went to school together. But we also went to uni together, yeah, which was very special. And I have seen Talia grow into a lovely spiritual queen. Yes. That's probably not very spiritual language to be using.
1: <laughs> no, there's no right or wrong. It's all good.
0: <laughs> but
1: However you want to describe me, it, it's
0: all good. Yeah. But it's been very inspirational. I will never forget us going on a socially distanced lockdown walk where <laughs> we were discussing religion and spirituality and everything for like maybe three hours yeah we could talk for ages and yeah although i am not as spiritual as talia in the sense that i'm not doing daily hours of activities that are spiritual yeah i completely resonate with the majority of the things that you say and I find it very interesting to learn more from you because I feel like, yeah, you've got so much to share and give the world. Yeah. So I thought, who better? (laughs) Who better to have on the podcast? (laughs) Than Talia Pemensky, who told me before that she's done loads of press. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting. Yeah.
1: I've done press before. I haven't done loads, but, you know, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. So this is part of press. This is my favourite press I've done so far.
0: So, all 10 listeners are getting a really (laughs) exciting press release today. (laughs) 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 But yeah, maybe we should start by thinking about what your journey has been with spirituality. Very broad question, but how did it begin for you? Ooh, okay.
1: Well, I think I've always kind of like asked bigger questions about. What the hell we're all doing here? <laughs> and I don't know if I'm like unique in that because I think like that's what humans do. Yeah. But I think you know when people are just having like a day-to-day conversation, my mind's always like thinking about things in like quite a different, obscure way. Yeah. It really began when I went to South Africa in 2019. I think it was. It was right before I started my mindfulness course and I just knew something was like about to happen. I think I've always been like into these bigger questions. I've like felt a lot of like depth in me that like, you know, I've always had like older friends. I always like, was like seeking like wisdom in myself and like outside of myself. And yeah, I don't know, there's no right or wrong. There's no like, oh, that makes me different, but that's just what I was like. Um, And then yeah, my grandma actually died when I was seven and I always like spoke to her. And I kind of thought that was normal. I was, like, asking my siblings if they spoke to her. And they were, like, no. And I was, like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's just a me thing then. How did you speak to her? I don't know. I just always knew that she became, like, a spirit guide for me. And she died when I was seven. And I just always, like, felt her with me, like, talking to me. And then I actually did... um, one of my, well, when, when I went to South Africa, I ended up meeting one of my distant relatives who's a medium. And then I ended up speaking to her and, like, speaking to my grandma through her. And it kind of, like, affirmed. She was like, you know that I've, like, always been here, like, speaking to you. And I was like, yeah, I did know that. And I was like, wow, that's, like, crazy. Because, like, obviously you, like, think it's in your head sometimes. But then when that was, like, affirmed, I was like, damn. Yeah. This is cool. Anyway, I was thinking about doing an EPQ for my A-levels. And then one thing that has always, like, interested me was, like, the idea of, like, soulmates. Why we meet different people, how we, like, sometimes feel like we know people from, like, past lives. Because I've just had so many, like, really, like, deep relationships with people that I just was, like, quite... I mean, not romantic, but just, like, that, like, feeling. And then my mum was like, why don't you do it on, like, soulmates? And I was like, ooh, good idea. So I then started to, like, read all about them. And then I started to get into, like, ideas of the soul and, like, past lives and near-death experiences. And I ended up doing my EPQ on to what extent do near-death experiences reveal that consciousness persists after death? Ooh. And I think that's where I got really into, like, everything. Yeah, And then from there, my supervisor for my EPQ was like, you should go study theology at Cambridge because it's actually asking all these questions about why we're here, where we're going that my mind already like would constantly question. So I think my degree was quite like aligned with me. So like studying those things, I kind of would like love it because I'd like, you know, have a day at school doing like math or whatever I did. I, it was just very like surface level stuff. Yeah. And then I'd get to go home and be like, oh, let's see what happens when you die and like read about yeah. like angels and like yeah. all these things. Um, So I felt really like lit up by that. Um, But then yeah, basically when I started uni, I just like at the beginning felt like so off. I think because I like changed environments, obviously was used to like having so many friends around me always. And yeah, obviously I knew Ruby and a few girls from our school, but like we weren't, we were like friendly, but we're in different colleges, you know, like whenever I saw them, I had a great time, but I did kind of feel like weird the first, like bit of uni and I think I would find myself like crying a lot when I was by myself and just I remember calling my mum all the time being like I feel so like weird like yeah you know because people didn't really know you yet and I just yeah I think my mental health like wasn't great and so I remember going to South Africa that December like after the first term and I kind of felt like I was like on the edge of like some sort of breakthrough because I think whenever I feel, like, most unsettled, most uncomfortable, most, like, itching for something is when you're pushed to, like, discover what that feeling is and what it's trying to tell you. Totally. And so, yeah, basically when I went in December, I met my medium cousin at a dinner and she kind of tapped into my energy and I felt, like, I remember, like, when she was supposed to, she was at the dinner and... My friend's grandma was like yeah no one can be on their phone she's really sensitive to like the waves and like they were all like warning me like she's kind of like you know she's got powerful energy and like all this stuff and I'd like never heard of that sort of language before and then we ended up having a conversation it was like I could feel it it was like an unexplainable feeling and I was like she was like told me that I had like powers and that like I was on the verge of something and that, you know, basically told me that I had like energetic abilities to like feel those different, feel whatever I was feeling there because she could tell that I felt it. And when I had that experience, I was like, what is this world? Like, I'm very interested. And basically like every person I would meet on that trip, like I was with my friend's uncle who was super into like magic. And I just met so many people that trip where I was like, this feels so weird. And then when I went back to Cambridge, I started my eight-week mindfulness course and I got really into meditation and that's kind of where it really started properly. Um, And yeah, we can go more into that and what happened after, but that's kind of where it began.
0: I just remember you telling me once when we met up in Cambridge, you were like, yeah, I just was feeling a bit off and then I lied down on my floor and I just (laughs) accidentally meditated for an hour and I I was like in this euphoria and yeah
1: I would have crazy like astro traveling and what's astro traveling like going to like other dimensions it's like crazy stuff um yeah because that was not the first time that
0: was not the only time that you would be told that you had powers you've been told that more times yeah and I'm
1: still trying to figure out what they are (laughs) and I think everyone has like unique gifts and powers and I think everyone is psychic we just like haven't tapped into it yeah and so I'm still trying to tap into mine and like really discover what I'm here in this incarnation to do and be um but I think it's the balance of like knowing that but then also knowing that like sometimes your purpose isn't like looming above you it's not something big it's just like tapping more deeper into yourself it's like a more quiet intimate act so yeah I spoke to this like spiritual teacher in Austin and he was like sometimes we feel like we need to have this huge purpose but really like even taking a shit is like a purpose <laughs> it's like you know why yeah. do you you don't need to go do something big to be important and so yeah I think I have gifts I have powers but like even being alive and just being the most authentic version of yourself is like amazing so we'll see <laughs>
0: That's so lovely. Winding back, I remember you also telling me that Cambridge was a bit of a shock.
1: Yeah. That
0: kind of everyone was like, towels, oh, GCSEs, whatever. Like, And then you got really good GCSEs. Yeah. And everyone was like, what? And then you did your A-levels and said, oh, I'll just apply. Everyone's, yeah, so whatever. that was
1: quite like, a spiritual journey lesson like my whole university application that like I still have to keep in my head and remember like at every junction where you can't make a decision like surrendering is the most important thing because I yeah I really wanted to go to the US and my parents wouldn't let me and so I didn't know what I wanted to study which is why I wanted to go to America because obviously there you don't have to pick and I wanted to do like fine arts I wanted to like keep learning about loads of different things i don't really agree with the education system here where i think it worked great for some but for my brain it was just like didn't want to be limited to a few subjects i totally agree with you about they wouldn't let me go and so i was like i don't know what i want to study i don't want to be here and like I was like stressed about it for a long time and like at one point I was doing like American applications, art school applications, my A-levels and I was just my EPQ and I was just so overwhelmed and I was just thinking like, I don't know what the answer is here. I just need to fully like surrender and just see what happens. And then, yeah, basically I never thought of going to Oxbridge. My perception of it was very negative. But I ended up meeting a professor who was randomly teaching a theology lesson at Highgate our school even though I didn't do theology they were like oh today you're going to be in this class with this lecturer and I was like okay and then he kind of said to me like we miss out on so many applicants because you miss all the shots you don't shoot and I think that was a really pivotal advice and moment for me because I was like you know all my teachers were like telling me like you know you're so good at philosophy like you should go for it and I was like and then obviously, once my parents heard, they were like, you know, you wouldn't want to miss out. And if you don't get in, then you can apply to the US. And I was thinking, OK, it's kind of a win-win situation. So I just went for it. And yeah, as I told you the story before about how they told me that theology was actually my interest, where you're asking questions about why, you're, why we're here, where we're going, because... Yeah, obviously I saw saw theology as like, you know, just religious studies, which I wasn't that interested in. But he was like, you know, the idea of God is like the biggest thing that like we project and imagine. And so when you're studying anything related to that, it's like the deepest you can go. You know, it's like so many scientists like later in their careers go there because so many people when they hit lows, they go there because it's like the biggest thing. Like the deepest thing that most it's like crazy so yeah that was that process and yeah even with like finishing uni and not knowing what to do it was like I have to just surrender and trust what's next on my path and now I'm like at another junction where I finished uni and I finished my year of work in Texas and mm-hmm. it's like where do I go I need to surrender and then this Guatemala thing's come up and i think we're always like made to feel like we need a plan and like i struggle with that too because it's like very masculine of like when how what you know not just like allowing things to unfold for you in like the perfect way that they're supposed to so i'm definitely being challenged to learn to do that and i've always been shown that things will get figured out and so that's the lesson i have to constantly remind myself of
0: amazing um and (laughs) okay so i think it could be interesting to talk about texas yes and the after that your current crossroads but yes. so you spent uni kind of discovering mindfulness meditation spirituality yeah. everything and working on that within yourself and lockdown was a big moment yes. to do that as well for you yeah. and then tell me about texas where did that all that uni stuff bring you?
1: Yeah, so I did my mindfulness course. And it. I remember at the start, they were like, you know, help with stress or help with sleep or help with your productivity or help with your connections with people. Like they listed like 10 different things. And I was like, as if all of this will shift from like this. Like, that's a little bit extra yeah. to promise all of that. But it really did. And I was like, okay there's like really something here and I wanna continue practicing and like bring it to other people because I think it's such a great tool for learning how to just deal with your inner thoughts and like not being afraid of like any emotion that will come up because you learn how to be like the witnesser of your thoughts and emotions as opposed to, you know, identifying with them and letting them rule you. And so it was a really powerful lesson for me. And I wanted to continue doing that for my career. And obviously, it's not like a straightforward path. I was like, do I become a psychologist? Or do I like, what do I do with this? And again, it was that surrender of like, I knew I wanted to continue learning, but I also wanted to know what I want to like, kind of experience, like, do I want to do a startup for it? Do I want to go into something more clinical do i want to like i really wanted to go abroad because especially with covid i was like i definitely want to get out as soon as i graduate and i love the sun so i just kind of wrote down everything i wanted i was like sun travel mindfulness um experience in a startup experience like in a lab because if you want to do clinical psychology you need that experience and then i really wanted like good mentorship i think in careers you're often put down by your bosses and so it's very important to be empowered by the people you work with especially at our age so I wrote all of those things down and then when I was in a uh, isolation COVID isolation I was like okay I'm just going to use this time to be on Google and just see what I find and I ended up finding this program that was basically working for a meditation app for high school students at the University of Texas at Austin and we got to a retreat to Costa Rica and basically it was like a mentorship program as well and I was like wow this looks perfect so, all your boxes. yeah I was like this is everything I've like put out there and I was like I have to go for this there's nothing else I'd rather do I always said I was going to end up in the U.S. And I knew that I would be guided there because I had like such a strong vision of myself there. And yeah, I basically left like a month after, well, like, a couple of weeks after graduating. Um, And it was the best year I've had so far. And I'm very sad to be back, but I also trust it all for a reason. But I can go more into my year there. But that was how it came about. And it was a amazing thing to come about. Yeah. I think we should go more into your year there. Yeah, so as I said, I always wanted, well, it was really weird because me and my friend were discussing going to Costa Rica and I had no idea why Costa Rica, but I just knew I was going to go. And so basically that part of the trip was one of the things, the lab I work for researches is human potential. So uh, like, I think it's like a decade of research they've done behind what conditions and variables lead to like lasting changes in your behavior Um, and they develop those findings into a retreat so I got to do it and it was at this retreat center in Costa Rica and I had the best time I loved living in a retreat Um, we did different movement practices every day which were really powerful for me I don't know, I've spoken to you about it but yeah. we can go more into that side of things but every day we'd meditate um we would got to do different activities got to do ecstatic dance cacao ceremonies sweat lodge sound baths had a cheeky massage I just got to do so many amazing healing practices that you know I've seen on tv and but wanted never to done do before. but like I think everyone called me hippie in Cambridge and all these things and I never really got to tap into it because of I guess where we grew up and Cambridge isn't that type of place um obviously I was like involved in the mindfulness society there I was like the president of it and meditated myself but I really got to explore so many things in Costa Rica and then I loved it so much I was like I have to continue this in Austin so yeah basically I was really lucky that my bosses are avid meditators they've written a book about it called presence of mind strongly recommend (laughs) um and obviously the app that the lab runs basically provides attention training or that you know call it what you want but they basically allow high school students and those who you know haven't meditated before to a way to get into it through different practices and music as well um and there's different lessons in it and the app's amazing i would check it out um what's uh, it called it's called finding focus finding focus um and yeah i can we can link it in the yeah oh yeah yeah um and obviously get in touch if you want to know more but the team's amazing i had the best year working there and i'm so grateful that you know we had a whole mindfulness at work plan and we would meditate in our meetings so it kind of allowed like made me keep up with my practices there were times where i didn't keep up with them and i know that like anytime i don't i just notice i notice how much more edgy i am how much more just like not embodied i am and so i had a period of time where obviously i moved and um i was like partying a little bit more and kind of just not doing my practices and yeah I I ended up having like a crash in April um where I was super busy I had loads of visitors I went to Coachella I was drinking and then I yeah basically like fainted in the street and basically I was like okay like the universe will always give you a crash and a burnout if you're not doing what you need to do to take care of yourself so I then slowly built it back up Um, And I was like, I need to start, you know, taking my health and my mind more seriously again. And yeah, since then I've been on an amazing journey again, going even deeper into myself and um, really knowing that, you know, healing is what I want to do. And Austin was just like the most magical time
0: spiritual
1: yeah I think it's basically built on limestone so that's supposed to be a very like special frequency and a lot of people like spiritual people are being drawn there right now and I got to just do so many different types of healing like I did a lot of breath work I did a lot of ecstatic dance I did a lot of intuitive movement um, I also got into tantra and cuddle puddles and really got to just become such a more like authentic version of myself because I kind of felt like I was you know had just so much time and space and freedom to just explore all of these things and you know connect with people so deeply and yeah it was all just perfect I met amazing people and it's a very special place um and so yeah it was an amazing time in my life
0: I'm very interested about this crash and especially what you say about alcohol because I myself have experimented this year with basically being sober. Yeah. Not 100% successful, but yeah. quite successful. And a big reason that, or a big thing that convinced me um, to try and be sober at such a young age when I didn't have an alcohol addiction or problem yeah. with it beforehand, I just drank like sort of regularly, yeah. enjoying whatever, um, was that, a lot of things that i do that i enjoy in life are to become more present and to interact with the world so like running meditation yoga all of that and just being aware of myself and Mm -hmm. and journaling even it's all to touch the world more and i just felt that alcohol is the antithesis of that it's to draw you away from it and to be less present and kind of like going on your phone or just a lot of addictive sort of things yeah
1: my friend Nathan said to me like it is crazy that you are doing something where you know that you're gonna have to recover from because like you always know like I'm gonna have to rest the next day my body will need to recover like you're not gonna be feeling your best and it's like as you say like you do all these things to feel good and then you know you're just setting yourself back it's like harmful to yourself yeah and yeah I'm not fully sober and like I'm like the way I operate is like you know I don't need to like define or declare anything because I don't have an addiction or anything like that yeah but I'm just a lot more you know when you kind of step into your power you're like you want to give your body the best food the best things and when you're fully confident in yourself you know you don't always you don't need it to feel more out your shell and when you're with people that you can be fully yourself with if you're socializing with them like you don't need it but no judgment to those who do drink like everyone is entitled to do what they want but i do think alcohol has a dark energy and it's just not good for you so <laughs> it's hard though because especially somewhere like here it's so it's such a big part of the it's so uni culture. culture it's such a big part of the culture here so it was easy for me not to drink in austin because there's so many sober events my friends there weren't drinkers. Yeah, and so I didn't really have a reason to drink. Totally. Um, and, and I think a lot of
0: uh, people who drink in the UK, like myself included, beforehand, it was it was not because I necessarily wanted to. It was just like
1: it's peer pressure.
0: In a way, and but also just that's kind of. So what else do you do? Kind well? of. Yeah. It, it's set up for it. It's more like strange to choose to not drink. The the default was to drink yeah. at social things. Yeah. Whereas if it had been the other way, where the default was not to drink, and then you can choose to drink sometimes, yeah. that's kind of what I'm trying for at least. Yeah. Now a bit more because yeah, obviously it's so fun to occasionally, like lose yourself a bit and get a bit fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know it does. Yeah, and it's all about how evening. it
1: sits with your body. Like I think on the journey I've been on, I've just become a lot more sensitive to things because I've kind of developed a deeper relationship with my body so it's like it signals a clearer that it's so you're more
0: sensitive to alcohol yeah so it's like the same
1: yeah and I think when I stopped and took a break I then realized like how it was impacting my mental health like it does give me negative thoughts like a lot of nights out I would come back and just cry and like find something to be upset about when like that didn't need to happen and so yeah I'm very aware of how it makes me feel like either I just get really sleepy or I feel nauseous and it's like when I'm out wanting to enjoy myself like why would I want yeah. to have experience those things
0: and in terms of socializing as well because I think in the UK it's a big thing about needing alcohol to feel comfortable and yeah. stuff but it is the most terrifying thing to go sober to a pub or to a club yeah. the first time but once you start building up that trust with yourself and that confidence, yeah you experience human connection in a new way yeah. when you're at these events sober. Yeah. Clubbing? okay, it's a bit rough <laughs> like yeah, not the best. Um, but for example, going to a pub in a group of people and challenging yourself to not drink yeah. one night. Firstly, you feel incredibly smug on the night coming home, not feeling drunk and you can just go straight <laughs> yeah. to bed, no problems and wake up and get as new for the next day. But also, yeah, I think once you gain the confidence, actually you don't need the drink to yeah. get through the night and actually people don't judge you if you decide not to drink or yeah. if they do, they're kind of, they're, they're <laughs> going through something themselves with yeah, alcohol. exactly. Then yeah, it's quite uh, empowering, I think. Yeah. But also, we probably will have to yeah, hurry up. To go. Maybe Absolutely. we should wind up and talk a bit about your, cross-work, cross, your crossroads now and what the future is looking like for you. Yeah. And a big part of it is that actually the point of surrendering <laughs> and not having a vision
1: necessarily yeah, of the think future. I was kind of desperately trying to plan something because I knew my job in Austin was ending in August. My visa for the US was expiring. And I was like, okay, like, i got to make a plan for what's next. And I've, you know, have been looking and I've been trying and things just weren't working out. And I was like, either way, I want to come see my family and friends in the UK because it's been a long time. So I decided, like, I'll just come back without a plan. I mean, I think that was what was, like, happening. And I was going to teach English in Thailand and... I kind of realised I want to be a healer. Why am I going to teach English when that's not fully aligned? And the more you say no to things, the more the right yes will come along, like something that feels so right that it can't be wrong. So I kind of said no to that and then had no plan. So I was here and I was like, I'm just trusting that the right thing will come up at the right time. And it has been a challenge because I think, especially London it's a very much a go-getter place and obviously I was seeing a lot of people who haven't seen in a while and they were all asking me what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing and all of
0: your your home life your friends and family we are more leaning towards the go-getter vibes than perhaps people in Austin that you've met who are more comfortable devoting their full selves to spirituality and yeah and it's
1: also just living your life more in flow like not always having a plan and being okay with that. Because at the end of the day, even when you have a plan, like you don't really have a plan. You never know what's gonna come. Yeah. So I've been taught that lesson so many times. And so I was just like, okay, like this is what I'm fully having to surrender. And then I went to an event. I met someone who told me about this place called the Mystical Yoga Farm. I applied to do a volunteer kami yoga exchange and she got back to me the next day and was like we have space so that's my next adventure um and yeah it's just about trusting and I knew I had to go there and I don't know what's coming next I'll be there for a minimum a month and it's just living in that the unknown where all the possibility lies and I know that I'm like here to heal I'm here to like you know, help people in their journeys, and I'm, perhaps
0: learn more how you are going to heal. Yeah, well, because that's why that is your path. You feel. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I'm kind of going to help with different retreats and lead some workshops and things, and just a lot of it's about stepping into your own power, which I think is the biggest challenge because I think we're constantly wired to doubt ourselves a lot of the time, and like, I need this qualification, or I need this many years of experience, or you know you're constantly like am i really good enough for this but again it's just trusting and believing in yourself that you're you're your own biggest hurdle so i think this whole year has been about learning about myself as an individual my own power and like really stepping into that and getting rid of any blocks that are getting in the way and i hope to continue to do that and we'll see we'll definitely have another chance here yeah, I am when this, I'm back. this needs
0: to be a part one I feel like yeah. there's so many questions I still have <laughs> maybe a final final quick fire question okay. should just be what would you suggest if someone is interested in looking into spirituality more yeah. or meditating or something what are some like really basic things or accessible things to get people mm. started yeah on the healing journey
1: <laughs> yeah I think it really depends I think everyone is an individual and different things will resonate more with different people so like I wouldn't recommend meditation to everyone to begin with and I wouldn't you know it kind of depends on you but I think asking the questions getting curious and putting out there what you want in the universe journaling like what do I want to heal what are the things blocking me from living the life of my dreams And the right help will come at the right time if you're open to it. So I think it's like trusting, believing, being open and just like having conversations with people. Reach out to me, reach out to your favourite spiritual teacher online or join communities where people are living in their truth and listen to podcast episodes about it and just start leaning into it more and everything will start opening up for you. And it's like the most... It's not easy, but, you know, the unexamined life for many isn't worth living and you kind of have to live life on your own path. But it's not for everyone. We all have different incarnations and journeys in this lifetime. There's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse. It's just whatever you're here to do in this lifetime and just knowing, like connecting with yourself and knowing what feels right. And also just keep saying no until something feels right as well to create space for what does feel right. That's that was so, quite long.
0: So, no, I love that. That's okay. literally perfect. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I feel like I still have so many more questions. Yeah, so it need was to a little bit a short, two. but we no, will no. have a part two, a part three, part four. It's just worth parts. it to to even get the ball rolling. I think. I think everyone needs to hear. I just I just see that you are just going to <laughs> simply inspire so many in your life to get more. Yeah, and I themselves. think it's also
1: like not having such a big vision like have a big vision but also just know like or even when you light up one person's day like that's enough and just like that's the thing I think we're like have so many we're so hard on ourselves all the time like I am too and I think like our culture is very much here like we're so it's so competitive here and you're constantly just like putting yourself down so it's like yeah i want to heal thousands of people but i'm also like small steps small victories so even this conversation's been great what a victory i hope Ooh. that it, re- yeah, it, it changes great. just one
0: person's day
1: exactly That's yeah just worth it completely. and reach out i'm like available her, her
0: apps will be in the bio <laughs> yeah
1: and i will be having offerings in the future and i have offerings now so yeah. just reach out Tells can help Tells the
0: truth I'm all good. I'm Tals all good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Right. Guys,
0: this is it for now, but stay tuned for part two of Tales coming yeah.
1: indefinitely. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, yeah. Bye. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Oh my god, we're like running late. Yeah.